0: discipleship is this word that's full of christianese and kind of have has very little meaning outside of rooms like this but actually inside rooms like this it's of infinite importance isn't it it's it's the bedrock on which our our life with jesus stands this growing as a an apprentice of of jesus i said last week that um a disciple is in its simplest terms is is someone who's a learner. Someone who's learning to live life like Jesus. And I said that our goal as a church is, is about transforming ordinary people into passionate, engaged followers of Jesus. And as we, as we do that, we recognize things change. That as we respond to Jesus, the way we orientate ourselves, Begins to change. And it changes our identity. It changes who we are. Um, uh, we're made into a new person. We're no longer sinners but saints. We're no longer on a pathway to death. But we're being led into life. It it changes our desires. Suddenly the things that we are desiring and passionate about. Um, are, are changing. The pursuit of of our hearts are changing. We're beginning to orientate ourselves around a different kingdom, around Jesus's kingdom. And it changes our rhythms. It changes the way we do life, the choices we make, the pace that we set, perhaps the jobs that we do. Our discipleship of Jesus changes our rhythms. And so our identity, our desires and our rhythms are changed as we pursue him. And and we said that we're, we're pursuing him in three dimensions. And that, that's it's nothing new to us. It's a, it's, it's a series of things that we've always used in the life of the church, that we're, we're changed by him as we pursue that upward dimension, living in connection to God, as we pursue that inward dimension, when we're, um, when we're addressing the issues of our character in the context of a, of a community, the, when we're looking at the kind of people that we're becoming, and it's also about that outward dimension. It's about our calling and our call to His mission in the world. And so we're living in those three dimensions. And you know, and if we, and, and the, the idea is, is that we can live in a kind of balanced way, that we can, can I give you that? Sorry. That we're living in a kind of balanced way and, uh, and living out those three dimensions together simultaneously. Um, but the reality is, is, if we don't have that upward focus, we can blow up, can't we? Uh, because the sustaining power uh, is only found with a connection to God. We only get life from our connection to God. If we, if we don't have enough inward, we can bust up. Because we need that, that sense of strong character being worked out in the context of a community, and if we don't have the outward focus to our lives, then we dry up. Because the stuff that we've been given is meant to be given away. The stuff that Jesus places in our hands and our hearts, he's, he's called us to give away to others. And then finally, just to summarise on what we were saying last time, when when Jesus called disciples to himself, he, he did with both invitation and challenge. He, he invited them, he said, come, follow me, you know, cast your burdens on me. He offers them grace and mercy and forgiveness. But he also brought challenge. He often rebuked the disciples, didn't he? he calls them to a new orientation a new way of doing life he confronts the darkness in their hearts and reveals life he he trains them and he sends them out and so we we see with Jesus the way he discipled his disciples was both invitation and challenge and we said that cultures can uh, different cultures can be bred in churches around these two Realities. If we have a low challenge, low invitation culture, often we have an apathetic kind of church culture. People are often left bored. There's nothing to do. There's no, 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 no change. There's no difference to be made. If we have a high invitation but low challenge, then often we're left with a cozy church culture where everybody's welcome well you know, everyone's like puppies licking each other in a box. But nothing they do. Um, but no one ever challenges any of the, of the stuff going on in life. No one ever addresses the, the big issues. No one ever challenges people to be all that they can be for the sake of Jesus' kingdom. And I said last time, a cozy culture is a really easy culture for churches like ours to fall into. Because we really value being welcoming, don't we? We, we really value having a big open door. And sometimes we find it difficult to do the other aspects of what Jesus says. You know, Jesus says come as you are, but he also says don't stay as you are. And often in, in church cultures we can, we can find that difficult. Sometimes we can have a low invitation and high challenge. And that can give us a stressed culture where people feel obligated to be doing. But there's nothing undergirding it. There's no community, there's no safety net to make people feel safe. And so the culture that we're going for is this this idea of high invitation and high challenge. And that's where we think a discipling culture takes place. And, And that's really what we're journeying through as we do this series uh, that we're doing, and so this week we've got a couple of different things happening. We're going to be launching a brand new season of Connect Groups, and um, as a result, I've just kind of rejigged some of what um, I wanted to say this morning. And I want to I want to concentrate on that inward dimension this morning. And we said that inward dimension is about our character. And it's about character in the context of community. And um, so I want to think about what it means for us to be rooted in a family. What does it mean to be part of this family? What does it mean to be part of, of what we're doing here? You see, the, the church isn't an organisation. It isn't um, a building. But it is a family. And it's a a family of people called together. Ephesians uh, chapter 2 says this, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners or strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Built on the foundations of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and raised to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too, are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. You see, the church, this community that we call the church, is a living, breathing organism. It's a family of people. It's God's household with Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. And, 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 and so we get to be a family of people where God's spirit dwells. He's, the spirit of God dwells amongst us. And you know, that's something that's both marvellous and unique about this thing we call the church. You know, we're not just another social organisation. We're not just another club you can can attend. We're not just a just a people who congregate in a slightly warm room like this. But we're the people of God. We're the people of God where God dwells in our midst. And so as a, as a body of people, as a family of people, we're not called to simply be consumers, are we? We're not simply here to just have our needs met, but to participate in family life, that's, that's how families work. And so one of the, the ways we grow as disciples of Jesus, one of the ways we experience that change of identity and desire and rhythm is to become a fully engaged family member. Not simply a spectator, not simply just sitting on the sidelines, but actually becoming part of the fabric of who we are, you know, we don't have a formal membership. You don't sign anything to say you're a member of the vineyard. Um, you know, we used to say in the early days, if you've got a pulse, you're in. Um, but you know, there are some ways that families function, and and we see that as the 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 kind of the measuring stick, if you like. If if people are saying this is home, is is really at the 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 level that they want to get involved. And so, in good preaching fashion, I've got three G's for you today. Um, um, As we discover this inward dimension of discipleship in the context of church family. So firstly, uh, we're shaped in family by how we give. Okay, by how we give. Every family takes... Commitment And commitment to God's family isn't any different to any other kind of family environment. Being part of who we are here is about each of us giving our support and commitment to the, the vision and mission that God has for us uh, as, as a church. Being part of this church, this community means giving ourselves to really embodying what it is we're about. What we're called to be. What, what God is calling us into. What has he given us as a family of people for this season? You know, and we've highlighted those on several occasions that, that we would be a people of prayer. The kind of people who, who pray in such a way that it fuels our mission. That we would be people committed to the communities and the networks and the neighborhoods where we belong. That we, would uh, give ourselves to being disciples that make disciples. That's what this whole season uh, is about. That we would realise that we live in this unique time and place uh, where we can release leaders that don't just impact our town, but impact the nations. That we would impact the nations, that we would impact the different spheres of our culture, whether it's it's the arts or media or education or healthcare or politics, whatever it might be, that we have a platform here to try and release those people, that we would be a people who are restoring justice and compassion, that we would be a people giving ourselves to the next generation. Now we could spend a whole morning just unpacking those, those six things, couldn't we? And we've done that. Go to the podcast. You can, you can have a listen. But in short, if this is family, if this is home, that's the family business. That's what we're into doing. That's what we're giving ourselves to for this season. Now that might change. It might evolve. It might develop. But for this season, that's what we're learning to to give ourselves to. The vision and mission that we believe the Lord has given us. The other way that we learn to give is through our generosity. And I haven't got enough time to talk about this this morning. Um, but you know, Jesus said, didn't he? Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And and, and part of just being part of a family is that we, we help make this happen together. And, and 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 part of that is learning to give in in a generous way. Um, the Apostle Paul says this: Each of you should give what you've decided in your hearts to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Uh, for Godly loves a cheerful giver, and God is is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Suffice to say, is that you and I get to contribute here by what we give, and what we give, what we give financially. Now, that isn't equal amounts. You know, we don't charge subs or anything like that. It's not, in my mind, it's not about a particular percentage. Um, it's not about whether you, you know, give gross or net or anything like that. You know, what does Paul say? It says each person should consider in their hearts what to give. Not reluctantly, but cheerfully. You know the word there in the Greek is hilariously. How many of us give in hysterics? <laughs> but that's what he's, he's, he's encouraging the family of God's people to do. Give hilariously. And so, so some questions to ask about giving this morning. What's, what's the Lord saying to you about your giving this year? And I'm not just talking about finances, I'm talking about living out the vision and mission that God's given us. But what is he saying to you about your giving this year? How would the Lord have you give? How would he have you give? And how can you become a more hilarious giver in 2016? How can you be that kind of person? Because that's it's kind of how family functions, isn't it? It's it's how we how we function as a family. So that's the first G, what we give. Uh, the second thing is gifts, and God has given each of us, hasn't He, a unique set of gifts and strengths. Every family member in this church should be able to discover and use and grow in those gifts because we need everybody's gift collectively everybody's gift helps fulfill the mission and vision that God has given us and so it's just a recognition that we're all different and we're all different on purpose you know we're not clones of one another um and paul says in 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 1 corinthians that the body is made up of many parts and you know, and the the nose can't decide. One day, I'm no longer part of the body. You know, or the eye says, you know what? I'd rather be an ear. It, it, it doesn't. It doesn't work that way. It says. It says. But in fact, God has placed the parts in in the body, every one of them, just as He wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. And so we all have different gifts, don't we? And we have, all have different things that God has given us, whether it's hospitality or making friends or the gift of prophecy or the, the gift of administration or the gift of playing instruments or leading others. We all have these things that we're naturally wired to do. And so when we use those gifts and abilities, guess what? The family is built up, isn't it? The family benefits um, from what it is you can bring. And then you as an individual thrive because you're functioning in what it is you're gifted to do. We find our place in the family. But there are two sides to that coin, okay? There are two sides to the coin. That we want to journey with one another and discover our gifts and discover what God has gifted us to do. But we also want to contribute to the whole. We want want family life where we we all contribute. That we, we look to the needs of the family and say, you know what, I think I can help there. That's kind of how... Family works, isn't it? I might not necessarily feel called or gifted, or necessarily even feel that that's something I'm good at. But I recognise a family need, and I'm going to I'm going to meet it. And 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 so the, the the flip side of the coin is is that we want people to be thriving in their gifts, but we also want to invite people to just come and simply serve, and come and be part of what family life. Is is all about, irrespective of 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 how we're gifted. I don't feel particularly gifted to drive a van um, or tow a trailer, but it has to be done. And and um, there's a whole bunch of people who do that every month. You know, this doesn't feel particularly rewarding. No one sees. Um, but you know, do you understand that it's, it's, there's two sides to that coin, isn't there? There's, there's two ways that we, we function in, in, in the gifts that we can, we can bring. You know, and the reality is, is that if we all functioned with that mindset, you know, these are the gifts, these are the things that God's given me, these are what I can bring to the table. And also these are the needs and these are the things that need fulfilling. We would never have any lack in our church family. Because we'd just be out to serve one another. We would out to outserve one another. There'd never be any kind of of lack or, you know, desperate cries for help or anything like that. Because we're we're kind of mutually sharing sharing the load. And so, in 2016, how are your gifts? The things that God's deposited in you. How are your gifts going to serve? the family this year what are the things that you can contribute what are the the talents and the abilities that God has placed in your hands how are they going to refresh and benefit the family this year and then the flip side of that question is how are you growing as a servant this year how are you growing in servanthood how are you growing in doing some of the trash stuff Taking out the trash and that kind of stuff. So, gifts. And then the third G, where we needed to get to, groups. You see, regardless of how big a family gets, and, you know, we, we've grown fairly considerably over the last 18 months or so as a church, the big things that God always wants to do often happen in the small places. I don't know if you've noticed that. But the the big things that God often does happens in the the smaller environments. We've always found um, that small groups and connect groups, as we call them, have always been the life of who we are as a church family. And um, you know, we, where do we get our cues from? From that? Why why is that the case? Why why are small groups so? Important. Well, they, they seem quite important to Jesus. I don't know if you've noticed that. Um, he spent the majority of his time with, um, twelve people. Um, that, essentially that, that was his, his small group. Um, and he, he spent, he spent three years with those twelve people, just pouring, uh, his life into them. And then if you just look through the church through the ages, I think I think we make it more complicated than what it is. But essentially, the church throughout history, it's, this is really um, amazing, the church throughout history is made in large groups and small groups. Have you, have you noticed that? <laughs> um, now, we might have become technical and give them fancy names or created systems around them. You know, or um, developed different ways of doing those things. But essentially, the church throughout the ages has existed in large groups and smaller groups. It's revolutionary, isn't it? Um, But that's what the church has done, and you know, and we see those smaller environments as as being key for this next season of developing a discipling culture. That we see those small groups. Those connect groups being the place where you and I get to be invited and challenged. Okay? And and we're we're really wanting to invest in, in, in that for this season. Because essentially community and being connected to others is where the rubber hits the road, isn't it? And the Bible talks about iron sharpening iron and, you know, you know, where we rub shoulders with people. Um, that's where we experience a level of transformation. That's where we experience, you know, the realities of doing life with one another. We don't do life here on a Sunday, okay? It just it's, doesn't happen. We do life in the context of smaller nuclear groups, families within families, if you like. And so as we've been investing... In this season of discipleship, we've we've been investing in kind of trying to tweak our small groups a little bit to try and help us live out that, that goal of seeing men and women become passionate, engaged followers of Jesus. And so there's a couple of things happening that are going to change the way small groups function. Um, probably little tweaks more than uh, anything else. But there are a couple of things that we're maintaining. So we're we're maintaining the termly based system. So groups are going to continue to meet for twelve weeks, and then we have a open month, a month off in between. Um, so that rhythm is going to continue um, in in what we do. Uh, we're still keeping some of the variety to to some extent, but we're also Making some changes. Um, first of all, we're gonna we've created um, three categories of Connect groups. Okay, uh, so these are the, the the three categories: community-based groups, activity-based groups, and equipping-based groups. And we want to place the biggest emphasis on the community-based groups. And uh, so the thing about these community-based groups that are slightly different to previous is that these community-based groups are going to stay together uh, for at least a year. Okay, So they're going to still maintain that rhythm, but they're also going to stay together for at least a year. And we would encourage you, uh, if you're in a community-based group, to sign up again. You know, After the 12 weeks, month off, sign up again, and you'll see why that's important in a moment. The other difference about these community based groups is that they are only gonna meet every fortnight. Okay, so they're gonna they're gonna meet on the first and third uh week. And um, and really what we're kind of gearing these groups towards is is kind of like a family a family meal time. That's what we want these groups to kind of feel like. It's like dinner around the table. You're not, not necessarily gonna have dinner, some people might, but but we want it to have that family feel about it, and um, and so as these groups meet every fortnight, everybody's going to come together and um, and do family together. And then what is going to happen in the opposite weeks is that we are we're going to um, integrate huddles into the community-based groups. And so, for those of you who don't know what huddles are, we've been. We've had a, an, an option in place where people can huddle in same sex groups of three people, uh, for like mutual accountability and prayer and Bible study and all those sorts of things. And, you know, historically they've, they've functioned to some level success, but unfortunately we, we don't really know a way of measuring how successful they've been historically. And so by doing this this way is that you only have one commitment. Uh, per week, and so you're either meeting with your whole group, or you're meeting with the huddle uh, of same-sex huddle within your group. Huddles are going to grow a little bit bigger. So we we said huddles can be at least five people rather than three, and and huddles might multiply. So as your community group grows, your huddle might grow as you um, invite more people in into that process. And so naturally, the community-based groups are going to be a little bit smaller. Uh, anything from 8 to 14 people in a community-based group. Uh, these groups are going to typically meet in people's homes, uh, but not exclusively. And as I say, they're building around community and family, prayer, uh, looking at the scriptures, just hanging out, chatting, whatever it is, and then in the in-between, huddling into same-sex groups we've uh developed a a tool for you to use in your huddles um so it's not just like a case of showing up and uh, having a nice chit chat in your huddles but there is a some intentionality there so we've got a tool that we've built around this up in and out um with some some sort of probing questions it might be that each huddle chooses to study the same portion of scripture for a season, or read the same book, or or do any of those things. One of the questions that's come up as we've spoke to the leaders about this is, what if I'm already in a huddle? Um, now, um, the last time I looked, it's not it's not a bad thing to have more than one relationship. I don't know if you've noticed that. Um, so if you're in a successful huddle, keep on. You could invite those people into the group with you. Okay. Um, or it might be, and, and it's sometimes healthy to say, let's stop now. Okay? Because that's part of growing as the disciple too. And so it might be, this has been really good for a season, but this is a new season. And so we're gonna form some new huddles, we're gonna form some new relationships. And, uh, and, and so there's, um, some different opportunities there. Can we click? And so, we wanna emphasize, belonging to a community group. Um, and we would encourage as many of you as possible to sign up to a community group. But I want you to know you're signing up to an intentional discipleship process, that we're inviting people in to have both invitation but challenge. Okay, sound good? Uh, okay, so click activity groups. So activity groups are a little bit more sporadic. Um, One of the things that we have done is we've got a number of different things already happening that we've kind of scooped up and made them part of this activity-based group. And and so it might be that some of you, what we have noticed historically, is some of you will join an activity-based group and will join a more regular-looking group. For some reason, that's what you do. Um, and so, again, that option is open. Um, so it might be that you you plug into a regular community-based group, but then you also plug into an activity group, which might only be meeting once a month, um, or might be meeting every fortnight, or, or something like that. Um, but you, you can do both. You can also do... Click... Um, you could also, rather than activity, you could join an equipping group. And equipping groups are more things that are based around training and development, um, perhaps helping people around particular um, spheres of uh, of influence and activity. We've um, we've got three uh, equipping kind of groups. One that's a little bit more of a process to get involved with, but um, two others that uh, are on the cards too. Um, so it might be that you. You choose a community group and an an equipping group, okay? And then click. But it might be, and I say this with reluctance, that your life just doesn't fit into the community group at the moment. And so the best you can do is be in an activity group or an equipping group, okay? And it's just where things are, you know? it's That's not a judgment. That's not us judging you. But it's just where life is at the moment, and so that might be the only place where community takes place for you in in this this season. And so um, we've got more groups starting this term than ever before. We've got about twenty, with all those different categories, about twenty-two groups uh, starting. We've got ten community-based groups. We may need to start some more because um, some of the uh the cutoff points are quite small. Um, and so um, but we've got we've got ten community based groups, we've got about eight or so uh activity based groups, uh and then we have uh at least three kind of equipping groups. And so and so what does it mean to be part of a family? That's what we're kind of talking about this morning. What does it mean? It means that we 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 it's it's what we give. It's the gifts that we contribute, and it's it's life in in groups. It's life in circles, uh, and life uh, with one another. And why is that? Why why would we consider those three G's? Because we want to transform ordinary people into passionate, engaged followers of Jesus. That's what we want to see happen. That's what we're we're longing to see take place that there wouldn't be a person in this church community that isn't falling more and more in love in the person of Jesus there wouldn't be a person in this community isn't experiencing more of the fullness of God in their lives there isn't there wouldn't be a person in this community that doesn't feel like they they uh, who feels like they they're connected and they belong to other people, that there, there would there wouldn't be a person uh, in in this this community who who doesn't have a place to contribute. And that's 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 what we're 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 longing for. And so this morning, as we respond, um, part of that response is to sign up to a group. And um, I'm not sure how many devices we've got to do that. Um, but you, if worst case scenario, you can use your phone. Okay, could we? Could all the anyone who's leading a community group stand up? So some folks aren't here. Um, So if you're unsure, if you're unsure, just stay standing for a little bit. Okay, Um, if you're unsure, maybe choose the best looking. Um, (laughs) um, um, But failing that. Uh, you might want to consider geography as an option. So you might think, I, I'd like you can you can sit down there. now. Um, you you might like to think, you know, um, you know, I, I live near where that group is going to be. Maybe I should plug in to a group that's near where I live. That's that's an option. Um, but I would just encourage you to to choose and choose wisely. Um, and, and the commitment is for the next 12 months although although you'll have an option to bail out at the end of the term uh, the com- commitment is for the next 12 months and then we've got a bunch of people who do some different activity based groups do you, do you want to stand up give us a wave Dana, Suze. Um, who else we got Anya Marcus um, any others Mikey K Kate. Uh, <laughs> um. <clears throat> Who else? Who else? Who else have we got? Right? Uh, we've got about nine of those groups. And so, um, and they range, they they're, they're really varied from men's breakfast to prayer and encountering God to those that work around kids ministry to uh, different age groups. Kathy should have stood up as well, um, to uh, Mums and Tots kind of stuff going on. So there's lots of different activity-based groups as well. And then the equipping groups you can read about because they're just led by us. So um, um, so shall we stand? I'll pray. Um, I imagine if the kids have been outside, they're going to be bouncing off the ceilings when they come back. Um, but I'm going to pray for us, and our response this morning is signing up for a group, okay? That's our response. And so, um, Father, we just thank you uh, for this season, Lord. We thank you uh, for all that you're doing in our midst, Lord, that you are a God who um, wants to uh, grow us and develop us and make us into the kind of people you, you called us to be, Lord. And that, Lord, I I pray that we would know what it means to be both invited by you, but also challenged by you. That, Lord, as we as we stand at the beginning of a year, that, Lord, when we get to the end of this year, we will see someone different in the mirror. That, Lord, we would be men and women who are growing in relationship with you, growing in relationship with one another, and growing in relationship with our calling to the world around us. And so, Lord, I just pray you be upon us, Lord. Help us to choose wisely, Lord. Place us in a family within this family, Lord. Uh, and give us all we need for this season. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you're here this morning and you want to receive prayer, we would love to pray for you. Uh, if you need healing, we would love to pray for you too. Otherwise, go and find the best-looking Connect Group leader. And sign up for their group. Amen.